Hey guys, it's Clayton from 316 Creative Works. Hey, listen, if you know me, you know that 316 Creative Works exists to partner with artists, businesses, and churches. Uh, one of my good friends is a business guy. It's the Maynard family, and they run a business, and now they're in partnership with us. So that's Precision Door Service. Listen, in case of emergency, I always call Precision Door Service. They are experts in repairing, replacing all your garage doors and overhead doors. They can be reached. They got two numbers. The Indiana side is area code 219-306-8155. Again, 219-306-8155. Now, on the Illinois side, uh, Precision Door Service can be uh, contacted at area code 708-474-6657. And number again is 708-474-6657. You can always get them at precisiongarage-door.com. That's precisiongarage-door.com. Of course, we'll probably have Justin throw a contact card up there for you so you guys can see it if you're watching this. Again, this is Clayton from 316 Creative Works introducing you to another member of the family, the business of precision door service. Thanks, guys. Thanks for checking us out. Thanks. Hey everyone, uh, thanks for joining us again. I am Clayton from 316 Creative Works. You are checking out another 316 podcast. This is Talking With. Today is number two of Talking With Bridget O'Neill. Hey, before we get into it, we always want to thank our favorite people the whole entire world. We always need to thank Larry and Sandy, of course, our technical producer who is Justin, uh, the house manager who is Danielle. And, of course, our creative producer, who is Esther. Guys, thanks for checking out another 316 podcast. Again, today we are talking with my good friend Bridget O'Neill. This is number two. So number two of Bridget O'Neill, last time we had talked about a little bit of childhood, a little bit of uh, family demons, right? Mm -hmm. There are demons in the family. Yeah. Um, I talked about growing up Southside Irish. Uh, mom and dad divorced, mm -hmm. uh, dad alcoholic, mm -hmm. dad dies of cancer from Agent Orange, mm -hmm. uh, from uh, Vietnam. Yeah. In your first real God encounter. Yes. Because at the time you were living with your aunt mm -hmm. uh, and they were believers, they were Christians, right. they were uh, outgoing, outspoken. Yes. Uh, Irish Catholic or mm -hmm. Lutheran? Doesn't Christian. matter, but just Christ Christian, just Christian people, yeah. And they live the life, yeah. They didn't just go to confession once a year, no. And uh, so they they really tried, yeah. And, and they did, 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 did. So you were what, fifteen when seventeen? So your mom asked you to move out. She did. Why? I drank. Oh, you were drinking it. Oh, I was drinking. 17. I I had completed. Um, I had already completed. Uh, at sixteen, I was sent to treatment. Uh -huh. For the first time. For alcohol? For alcohol. Uh -huh. Alcohol and drugs. Uh -huh. um, and a whole, you know, hodgepodge of teenage... Angstiness. Rebellion. Yeah. So you're 16 years old. You start experimenting with alcohol and drugs? Or 14. 
14, you said, oh, wow, not, not to one-up you, No, but I was 13. Oh, my brother was 11. When I started drinking. Yeah. Okay, so he wins. Yeah, he wins. Um, so uh, I was 13 when I started drinking, 15 yeah. when I started really regularly drinking, uh-huh. by 19 hitting it pretty hard. Yeah. Uh, rehab at 30. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So why, 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 <laughs> why did you start? Why did I start? Um... Curiosity. Okay. I so, believe I wanted to be cool. Well, it was just in the family, right? It was in the family. Yeah, so, it was in the family. But even, like, having seen everything that I saw in our family, like, the destruction was apparent. Mm-hmm. You know, people that drank and did drugs heavily didn't do well, you know. Um, Typically, right? And, and having a mother that was sober and her husband was in recovery as well um, wasn't a big discourager you know i i had oats to sow um and having seen that my brother was already involved um he had had multiple treatments at that point as well um so rehab or treatment just became a part of your life it was a staple institutions yeah counseling institutions rehab therapy Uh it was always a part of our upbringing yeah what did they do wrong back then who Treatment centers. As far as I'm concerned? Yeah. Um, I can't say they did anything wrong. Okay, so it wasn't them. It wasn't a broken system. It was no, a broken Bridget. It was a broken Bridget. I, I mean, at 17, I uh, 16, I had barely scratched the surface of <laughs> anything. You know what I mean? No, I, uh, and I, and I think, like, when you're in a, an addicted person or someone seeking, you know, um, I was a... Once that switch gets flipped, yeah. I'm going till the wheels are off the bus. Yeah, no, and that was apparent at 14. Yeah. Uh, even before that, though, like just lightly touch on it, I was already addicted to food at that point. Yeah. So at a very young age, I learned to try to externally comfort myself. Yeah, inappropriate coping mechanism. For sure. <clears throat> so For you sure. did you have a food addiction? Oh, yeah. Were you a heavy person? I was. You know... <clears throat> just so everybody knows in the uh, truth and lending right uh-huh. i have known bridget for many many years yeah. uh we haven't been as close to last five years or so mm-hmm. but you used to be extremely heavy a large woman i was okay. i had a i had a medical intervention yeah. 11 years ago i had the gastric bypass surgery mm-hmm. and when i had that surgery i was at five four weighed in at 347 pounds big girl big girl a lot of me. Yeah. Um, I have said before, and I don't know if I've said it publicly, mm. I, I probably have, mm. that I believe in demons. Oh, yeah. Um, of course, I believe in God, Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit. Yeah. I believe that the opposite mm-hmm. are not demons because they're not equal. Okay. But God has created angels. Mm-hmm. And he gave them an awful lot of power. Yeah. And a third of the heavenly angels fell. Mm-hmm. Right? So Lucifer, the bright morning star, the worshiping angel, the mm-hmm. archangel, yeah. and all of his angels rebelled uh-huh. and fell. Yeah. Two-thirds of the angels stayed, right? So that was Michael, uh-huh. the ass kicker. Okay. And Gabriel, the messenger. Yeah. And all of their angels stayed. Yeah. <clears throat> so a third of the heavenly angels fell to the abyss mm-hmm. 
uh, that abyss then is where Genesis 1 opens when God was hovering, the spirit of the Lord was hovering among the abyss. Mm -hmm. He said, let there be light. Yeah. So out of the abyss, so out of the out of the prison uh-huh. that God imprisoned Lucifer, now Satan, and his demons, uh-huh. he created creation. Yeah. That's why there are demons in this world. Mm-hmm. And I believe they are regional, mm-hmm. right? Uh, they are assigned people, families, mm-hmm. territories, regions. Uh, so we often say... Uh, the apple hasn't fallen far from the tree. Yeah. Right? Or, ooh, she's just like her dad. Right? <laughs> now, that may be the physical truth, uh-huh. but the spiritual truth is those demons know who you are. Oh, yeah. And so do you think that that was true from your dad's demons? Um, possibly. Possibly. Uh, it's hard to say, I think, because we had so much light coming from my mom, mm-hmm. you know, um, the fact that my dad's a demon, my dad's demons would attach to us. Um, I think there's, you know, definitely family stuff on my mom's side as well. Sure, I mean, oh, it's sure. where, like you said, multi-generational, yep. um, just passed down, passed down, passed down, you know. We were definitely a a good host yeah. for them. The demons liked your family. Yeah. They, they could party with you guys. They still do. Yeah. So you're 16, 17 years old. Your mom mm-hmm. kicked you out of the house. Did she kick you out of the house because she was trying to stay sober? Because you were destructive? Because I was destructive. and yeah. You were and toxic. She was taking the hard line. Yeah. I'm not going to co-sign your BS. Yeah. If this is how you choose to live your life, these are the consequences. There was no other way to be. Yeah. You know? Uh, at the time. Did you ever live with your mom again? No. Right. So you got kicked out at 16, yeah. lived with family, mm-hmm. and you never lived with your mom again? No. Mm-mm. Dad dies, you stay with your aunts? Briefly. Still. Briefly. Uh, and you're still hitting it pretty hard, alcohol, drugs? Yeah. What are your drugs of choices back then? Back then it was mainly alcohol and pot. Yeah, because and pot is the various ga- party drugs. <laughs> pot, pot is a gateway drug. I don't care what you say. No. <laughs> There's no heroin addict who did not start... With pot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But really, we know uh, alcohol and drugs. We know them to be pain relievers, right? Yeah. So it's pain management. Mm-hmm. So so you understand now mm-hmm. that there was a brokenness. Yeah. A pain. Yeah. A something that alcohol and drugs and food mm-hmm. was uh, easing the pain or managing the pain. Sure. Incorrectly, inappropriately, mm-hmm. uncontrolled, but it was still managing the pain. Yeah. And was the, was the pain... A dysfunctional childhood? It was. It was a very dysfunctional childhood. A, a lot of feeling abandoned, you know, feeling unsafe, uh, feeling, um, you know, very alone, um, uh, not a part of. You know, I, I had, I just wasn't whole. You know what I mean? I wasn't whole. I was I was bright but obese. You know, I was funny but introverted. Yeah. Um, you know, it was really just not knowing where you fit and not feeling safe and 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 protected and secure, you know, um, try as she might. My mom did her best, you know. I, I had a therapist tell me once when I was young, um, I, I always would say I need more from her. I need more. I'm not getting what I need. And 
therapist put it to me, you know, your mom is starting with a half cup herself. You're never going to get that full cup because she doesn't have it to give. So it was always, you know, really left to my own devices to try to like nurture myself. And I don't think, you know, at, at 14, 15, 16, uh, who's really equipped? Right. Who's you even know? thinking that? Yeah. Who's going to have fun? Yeah. Yeah. So what do you do? You line yourself up with your friends. You right. you start to find these externals. And the friends that I chose were the live fast, die hard. Yeah. Just as problematic as you. For sure. How bad did it get? Bad. <laughs> bad. It went on for... um. A long time, a long time, and progressive levels of bad. I mean, how do you define bad? <laughs> well, I, I, I'm still breathing. Yeah, yeah. Bad, bad is funny, right? It's like I I don't know how to define it, but yeah. if I see it, I can tell you. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, I mean, it's moments of bad. Yeah, you know what? What day do you want to pick? Well, was it was it? It's starting at 17. Was it daily? Yeah. Pain management. Yeah, I, I mean, I was at least stoned every day. Uh-huh. You know, I was I was always under the influence of something. Um, and then, of course, that leads to foolish life choices. Yeah, foolish life choices. I, I didn't have a, a roadmap. Right. You know, so I'm I ended up not with my aunt anymore. I ended up in an uh, in an apartment with my brother who had also been kicked out. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we were. We were determined yeah, yeah. that you're, we were going to drink. You were going to win this one. We were going to be successful drinkers. Yeah. And um, we ended up together yeah. in an apartment in Bridgeport. So he's 18, I'm 17. We're gainfully employed, uh, well paid because we are resourceful. Um, and hard workers and, and really smart. Hard workers, very smart. Yeah. Um, but complete savages yeah. as well. You know, we we drank and did things, you know, the way we wanted to do them yeah. with no no parents. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, there's nobody telling you, no, you can't drink on a Tuesday night because you have to work on Wednesday. Right. There was none of that. Yeah. You know, so we were really just middle fingers in the air going 150 miles down the highway. Yeah. You know. Um, Any time in jail? Yes. Lots of time in jail. Did those times in jail bring you back to rehab? No. No. Um, I would not go back to treatment again until I was 35. You went to college? I did. In Minnesota? In Minnesota. Oddly enough. Oddly the enough. The home of Hazelden, right? The home of Hazelden. Uh, and that started a different trajectory of partying. It did uh, because I was able to not work anymore. I didn't have to work. I didn't have to keep a roof over my head. I was able to go away to school at 20 years old and be a full-time student on campus, living this life with other students whose parents were providing for them and doing all these things. And um, so be, you know, so started keg parties and I joined a sorority and I, you know, um, yeah, that didn't last very long, though. Uh, did you get kicked out or just quit? I did. I got kicked out. Yeah, and just because of your party lifestyle. Grades. 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 Because as smart as you are, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, you were probably one of the smartest people I have worked with. Thank you. Right? Um, you threw it all away. I did. I did. Um, <laughs> ironically enough, I was um, 
I was on the speech and debate team and very successful at that in college. And one of my failing grades that got me expelled was in speech class. Yeah. Just because you didn't show up. I didn't show up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, a 7 a.m. class when you drink till 5 in the morning. I was going to say, you went to bed at at 6. (laughs) It ain't happening. No. Um, Life. I mean, that's that's like a life story, right? Yeah. Just show up. Yeah. Yeah. Just show up. And I was not good at showing up. Yeah. I... I treated things as they were disposable and optional. Yeah. You know, again, nobody telling me I had to. Including yourself. Including myself. Uh, your sexuality, I'm assuming. Oh, with, yeah. With all that, yeah. that was disposable. Your, oh, yeah. your health yeah. was disposable. Yeah. Um, eventually, it erodes self-worth. Oh, if there was ever any to begin with, right? Yeah. Um, God's with you or there's no God? No, There's no, no God. God. No God. Angry at God. For? For my life. This life. How could you do this to me? What did you do? I was just a kid. Uh, you took your dad? or you took you my dad. I, I mean, I had all these horrible things. My mom kicked me out and, uh, you know, things were just so hard and, you know, I didn't get enough and... Why, God? Why me? I would never turn your my life over to God, right? No. I mean, I, God never showed up make, for me. Make a pact with the devil. Yeah. That the day I turn my life over to God is the day you can take me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So your friends weren't great influences. No. But if I knew you being the alpha male, <laughs> right, in every community that you're in, you were probably the ringleader. Yeah. I right? um, The instigator. Yeah, I was usually uh, the one pushing the envelope, mm-hmm. not following the crowd. How did I, how did I meet you? You met me when I was working. I was hired by our dear friend Brian Campstrup. And uh, you you were in the middle of a raging addiction. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> I um no, I, not long after starting working for Brian, I had I had taken a spill down the stairs at home, drinking on a work night. I mean, uh, my head was probably out to here. I probably reeked like you know yesterday's wino, and I went to work. And Brian was like, "You should probably go home." And this is early on in my employment. Yeah. You know, um, he wasn't well versed with addiction at that point, so it was easy to enable. Um, yeah. It, but I was still, at that time, I was still a, a fledgling. Um, I hadn't scratched the surface of the the depths I would go. The depths. The, yeah, the, I was still semi-functioning you were, at that fu- You were functional. But, yeah. so, so you're saying your dark night of the soul had not happened yet. No. No, 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 no. I still, I still had delusions of success. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I, I had a job. I had an apartment. Yeah. Um, I had friends. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, I, I wasn't... Uh, my drug use had progressed to harder drugs, yeah. um, but it wasn't daily. Right. You know, Not I, yet. I could still keep it together. I had one DUI under my belt at that point. Okay. Just one. And everybody gets one. Yeah. Right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're in the club. Yeah. Everybody you got know. one in them, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the magic number is for embarrassment when you're an alcoholic, but, you know, I wasn't embarrassed of it at that point. Yeah. Yeah. They had a good career. I, I think I was successful. It was a good run. Yeah. Uh, I love merchant services. Uh, it was a great company, is a great company. Yeah. Uh, it was a great boss, is yeah. a great boss. It was a great office, great staff, great sales. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how you and I met. Yeah. And and boy, did life change then, didn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, do you remember when you started working with me? 
Um, age-wise? No, uh, eight year. What year? Um, hmm. 2000? Was it 2000? Uh, I'm Were not, we there for Y2K? Uh, I don't, I don't <laughs> I, well, I know I was. I don't, I'm not quite sure you were. Well, when did you, what year did you get sober? So I got sober in 2003. So it would have been 2003. So I think I got out of, mm-hmm. and you probably started in September. Not long after that, yeah. So I was probably two or three months sober <laughs> yeah. by, the time, by the time I met you. How about that? So you work for Brian Kamster, whose church runs an addiction recovery company, yeah. uh, ministry, and and you become fast friends with me yeah. three months sober. Yeah. I like to write out the bat. Do you see God in that? Today? Yeah. 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 Then? I mean, then I kind of, you know, I didn't mock it. It was kind of like this, this works for them, but it's not for me. Yeah, I remember. But God was very present in our office, you know, and we knew Brian's attachment to the church. We knew your attachment to the church. Um, eh, Coworkers, you know, very tight-knit, you know, Christian family. But it was, you know, that's great for them, not for me, you know. What happened? <laughs> Which part? <laughs> oh, um, I mean, I worked there for several years. Yeah, long time. Long time. Um, moments of greatness, moments of despair. Um, it and uh, the relationship severed. It was time for me to go. It was time to go. It was it, time to go because let's because I'm, I'm nothing if I'm not honest. No, right? And yeah, that, that's part of my love hate with me, right? Absolutely. Uh, good Bridget. Yeah. Was extraordinary. Yeah. You were so good. Mm-hmm. So smart. Yeah. So charming. So funny. Mm-hmm. So on top of the game. I mean, you knew that office. You knew that industry. Mm-hmm. Bad Bridget was really bad. Yeah. Like, just a lot. Like, you were such a strong personality. Yeah. That you controlled the mm-hmm. emotional temperature in that office. Mm-hmm. If yeah. it was a bad Bridget day... Oof. It was bad in the office. Yeah, it was. It was a bad day in the office. Everybody had a bad day. Yeah. It was a good Bridget day. We all had a great day. Yeah, for sure. What started happening is there started being more and more bad Bridget days. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, that, that was a cycle of my life at that point. Like, you know, I, I could get jazzed about something and be excited and want to excel, right? Um, uh, the theme of my life seeking Seeking. Looking, right? Getting the accolades right. And, and, and winning the fight yep. and, and all that stuff. And and with anything, that only lasts so long. Oh, boy. You know? And eventually the, the shine starts to wear off. And, 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 and those brass rings, you've already got them. Yeah. So what now, right? What now? And, and, and then you become restless, irritable, and discontent. And But losing that job whew, was the start of your dark night of the soul it was um i that was i want to say six months into the weight loss surgery yes you had just yeah. i had just done that yeah. um so but still active in alcohol and drugs um as soon as i was medically cleared to drink again i drank you again did, yeah yeah. On the way home. yeah um and that woke up a different kind of drinking um because I, you couldn't hide from the food anymore. No, right. couldn't eat. 
you take away my food. Yeah. So, so now, now what do I have? Right. Now I have drinking. Yeah. And, and um, it became almost uh, insatiable. Yeah. You know, I, and I could drink more. And yeah. I was um, heavily addicted to cocaine at that point, too. Um, so cocaine is addictive? <laughs> just just to dispel the yeah, just to dispel any mysteries. Oh, I guess yeah. it is addictive. Yes. Okay, so don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. Okay, don't do that. Um, so you know, between those two, the oh. drinking and the drug use, um, were very, very up there. Um, and then, so I lose my employment that I've had for several years. I lose my comfort in my food. Yeah. Um, I, my whole routine of having to go to work when I went to work, um, you know, every circle of my life had shifted, yeah. you know, and that really started a trajectory yeah. and that was around, um, I was around the time, gosh, 2003, was, we're, we're coming into 2010 yeah. at that point. I want to say 2010, 2011. Yeah. That would be when I started going to treatment, yeah. actually. Yeah. yeah. How did you finally <laughs> meet Jesus? Um, finally meet Jesus? Well, you. Yeah. What yeah, you for? were... Um, yeah. God love you. Um, you always had this way. And, and I liked you. And I respected you. Because you are funny and you're real and you weren't um, the marching in your face, God, God, God. You know, your your approach to God with me and you did, ooh, you did a fine job bringing God to me, you know, and dropping little nuggets on me here and there, here and there, here and there. So that I, I felt comfortable and safe, you know. Thinking and talking, you and I, uh, you know, debated debated the finer points of life on more than one occasion. So, you did a fine job of planting seeds with me, and and also walking um, faith. You know, you could still be a person with faith, and and cut up at a joke. You know what I mean? So, that's where that came from. Um, my. The faith that I have today, the awareness and the consciousness that I have came um, when I finally got sober this last time. So you finally mm -hmm. hit bottom. Yeah. Jesus made sense. Yeah. We talked about it. Yeah. We prayed a prayer. Yeah. And then you entered your dark night of the soul. Mm -hmm. And then you hit bottom. Yeah. And that's what we will talk about next time on Talking With Bridget. Hey, this is Clayton from 316 Creative Works talking about our podcast. Listen, if you like any of this stuff that you saw or you heard, I'm going to give you a couple places where you might find it besides coming in live to the Farmhouse Studios. There's a couple platforms you can find these on. Um, <clears throat> so you can check out Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iTunes, and SoundCloud. So for the cheap seats in the back there, let me say this one more time. You can go to Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iTunes, and SoundCloud. You can find that under 316 Podcasts.